What does it mean to live with less stuff and more compassion? That's the question we aim to answer every week on the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. Hi, my name is Michael O'Fay, and together with my wife, Marsha, we talk about the intersection of minimalism and veganism. We also write long-form articles and delicious recipes over on our blog, theminimalistvegan.com. This week, we're talking about the, the challenges of staying vegan. And uh, spoiler alert, we are, we are still vegan. <laughs> um, and we'll explain that a little bit more in the episode. But look, this is a really juicy conversation as we look at a lot of influencers leaving the vegan movement, what some of the causes are and what we can do to uh, try and increase the longevity of, the, uh, of veganism in your lifestyle. This is a very pragmatic and honest conversation as always. And uh, there's even a moment in there where we, we ask each other some hypothetical situations about uh, dating and what the dating scene would look like in the vegan world. Um, so I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, feel free to reach out to us on social media to add your commentary and experiences to this conversation. I'll check in after the episode to fill in any gaps. Go, Marshall, what are we talking about this week? <laughs> We're talking about why people are no longer vegan. Oh, are we? Yes. Yeah, okay. Or why they choose to stop being vegan. Yeah, yeah. For multiple reasons. Yes. We titled it Why We're No Longer Vegan for a bit of clickbait. Yeah, we just thought we'd try it out. (laughs) But also... Just to troll everybody. But it's like collectively we, not necessarily us. So I guess we're not false advertising in that sense. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's we've written an article about this before. And there's been a lot of other things that we've wanted to unpack about this topic. So yeah, I mean, with the the vegan movement growing so much, with like any movement, it's only natural that there's going to be more examples of people leaving that movement, uh, yeah. and some people leaving and then coming back and then leaving again. Um, that's only natural. Yeah, we just thought it would be we're just more curious and anything to do a bit more of a deep dive into. Uh, what some of those reasons are and hopefully by understanding what some of these root causes are um, collectively we can all sort of come into veganism if you're willing to try it um, hopefully with some different expectations and maybe some good knowledge um, as to what to expect when you get into it so hopefully it becomes a lifestyle of longevity so I think rather that's rather than false false hope false information let down yeah yeah all that stuff disappointment yes yeah which is really easy to fall into that trap depending on who you're following or what type of content you're consuming or the reasons for why you got into veganism in the first place which will unpack all of that in this episode coming right up yeah (laughs) 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 right after the break no sponsors here there's no break yeah (laughs) Um, we can insert a pretend ad. Yeah, we should. Um, so, should we start there then? Like, I mean, it's always good before we talk about why people leaving veganism, you know, why, why do people get into veganism? And I think this is one of our first episodes. I can't remember the number, but we talked about, uh, you know, what's your vegan origin story? Like, what was your it was reason? like one of the first three. Yeah. I think the second one, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so your vegan origin story is like... You know, what what was the moment or the moments leading up to you making the decision to become vegan? 
and uh, we sort of looked at uh, our story in great great detail as well as highlighting other people's examples and you know from from the people that we've connected with in our journey our five-year journey of veganism we've we've figured out that the reasons for going into veganism really starts with the three big areas and what Mm. are those areas Marsha? So environment, health or ethics or for the animals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty straightforward there. I don't think there's going to be any surprises if you've been following the vegan movement for a while. But obviously veganism is about sort of eliminating any harm, exploitation to animals. So normally the main reasons are ethical reasons. So that's somebody who doesn't consume any animal products. So we normally associate veganism with diet and nutrition. But it encapsulates much more than that. Um, it's about, you know, even what you wear, what products you buy, beauty products, everything around consumerism. And it can sound overwhelming when you think about it in that sense, but it's it's actually really not. It's being mindful of what you're consuming, yes. which everyone should be mindful, not completely ignorant or thinking about, oh, it doesn't matter what this is made of. And, and it can be quite eye-opening the amount of times that, you know, someone's bought something and s- said, oh, you can have this without checking the ingredients. Like even things like breadcrumbs, mm. they've got fish oil right. and milk solids in them. Things like horseradish, the horseradish in the little jar, mm. that's got milk solids in it. Right. So it, it's just like things that you wouldn't suspect – but if you're checking ingredients just to see if there's any rubbish in it, regardless, mm. you know, more people should be more aware of these things anyways and where their food comes from, what's in their food, what they're wearing, what they're putting on their body, what, you know, we're putting you know on what? our that's skins. A really good, and that's a good point. Like it's, you know what, I don't think I would have been a avid um, ingredient reader or label reader or anything like that. If I didn't become vegan. Yeah. Um, I think you were like that before anyway. Yeah. But for me, I think being uh, f- forcing, forcing this higher level of mindfulness when consuming, yeah, it does challenge you to sort of go, okay, what's the supply chain? What am I consuming? And I think it's really easy to go through the world distrusting. So it's making that trusting, conscious yeah. effort to actually read the labels or look at what, you, what you're going to consume, what yeah. you're going to take into your life and that's where i guess the minimalist aspect can also come into being a conscious consumer yeah reducing how much you consume yeah so there's there's multiple layers to that but then we just summarize the minimalist vegan philosophy there you go um and so that's the the ethical side and then the health side Hmm. it's pretty common for a lot of people to try vegan diet which is really probably technically Better said, as a plant-based diet, would you say? Look, it depends on what you consider a plant-based diet. Like we've talked about a plant-based diet in the past in the sense that it's a vegan diet plus you consume honey sometimes or other things. So being predominantly plant-based, I mean, I would say so, but in the recent even few weeks, I probably wouldn't necessarily call that a vegan diet myself yeah but i would say that it's normally looked at something a bit different but like oh yeah yeah but that but those two are, are, are closely intertwined normally you yeah, know when yeah. we look at when somebody says i'm plant-based so i'm vegan it's kind of gets lumped together as the same sort yeah, of thing yeah. right yeah. but really we're looking at somebody who is really just looking to consume more plants in their diet and, but they might not um 
they may still consume animal products in other type of consumer goods. Mm. Or uh, not be as picky. Like if they did get, you know, the breadcrumbs with the fish oil, they would still use it. If perhaps, they did yeah. have the milk solids in the horseradish. It wouldn't be would a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So that's maybe, I don't know. Yep. That's where I'd kind of sort of separate those two. But mind you, in previous articles, I have referred to plant-based, like I've used it interchangeably with vegan diet. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's something that you kind of, you live and you learn and you kind of get an idea of, especially with the growing rate of veganism and yep. plant-based living as well as to, okay, well, you kind of have to work out what people see it as one or the other yeah um so that you can be clear on what i guess how you identify yourself yeah which we've talked about identity and gray areas a lot over the last couple of weeks but i think yeah I, I think just to summarize it people getting into veganism because of health is really about um you know consuming more whole whole food plants to improve their health and there's been some like look I'd, i'm always hesitant to quote anything health related because that's not really what we're about but there is a lot of um I, th- I think probably the most reputable source that i can think of um is probably the book called the china study um which is one of the largest studies ever conducted tracking over a period of time people eating a plant-based diet and the effects on sort of all the chronic diseases so if you really wanted to nerd out on something like that and really understand the data i think that's probably a good starting point um but that type of book has sort of transcended into a lot of health advice around the plant-based movement and some of the results people are getting, whether you're a pro athlete or you're just looking to be healthier. So a lot of people are really motivated by that. Mm. Um, and then the third area is the, the environment. environment. And just to quickly summarize that, how, how would you say, why would you say people motivated to become vegan because of the environment? Well, just because it's it's very taxing on the environment to raise cattle to raise animals i mean besides factory farming the amount of feed that's grown just to feed the animals like it's it on a larger scale it just doesn't make that much sense okay to support our ecosystem and for everything that's going on yep um so that in a nutshell i mean i'm not going to go into too much yeah detail, but, was, but, but we're looking at the consumption that yeah. it takes to breed animals and consume them yeah like the resources required yeah. so uh, not from just water for and the, land yeah. and what we feed them to be able to yeah then support the yeah anim- so the crops that yeah yeah so cutting down rainforests to be able to grow you know things like corn and soybeans to feed the animals yep over just directly feeding humans yes um so there's a lot of people that say that it's a very inefficient way and that if more people went plant-based there would in the end be no such thing as world hunger or people starving because there's actually enough food that we to can feed redi- redistribute uh, yeah. distribute to if the we weren't feeding yeah. it to yeah. animals and water and you know yeah but like I think with veganism, it also like if you look at a lot of people's origin stories, it's normally like a moment or a experience that somebody has or series of moments and experience that people have before making the decision. So maybe they're experiencing animals being tortured in person or they 
it, it's something that clicks in their mind after watching the documentary or something like that. They're, they're, there's something really powerful that changes them and then they, they start the journey. So normally when somebody becomes vegan, I, I know at least in our case, we're quite, um, I don't know, passionate. I mean, we still are really passionate about veganism, but I think regardless of your reason, health environment or ethics, it's a really immersive lifestyle. And then you sort of connect with people with the same lifestyle. And then you kind of create this community and then you kind of want to shout from the, from the rooftops about how you're vegan, why you're vegan, why you should be vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of that that happens. And, but as time goes on, from our observation, it looks like there's lots of people that go on with a vegan lifestyle with longevity and sustainability just fine. And they maintain that passion or it levels out. Um, they become a little bit more relaxed. Um, or they find balance. Or they find balance in it, right? Then there's people, of course, that might drop off. So they might you know, try it for a little while and then they drop off for whatever reason and come back and then drop off again. So there's many different things that happen after that initial burst of passion. But what we want to focus on now is, is the drop-off. Mm. Or, or, the, or like that, that real challenge and struggle to stay vegan after that initial passion, which seems so clear when you first become vegan. Mm. Like it seems like, oh my God, I don't believe I didn't see the world this way before and I'm never going to change. Yeah. But then things change. Yeah. So why do people stop becoming vegan? For multiple different <laughs> reasons. Well, you talk about this passion and one of the reasons I feel that people can stop being vegan, I mean, these are all things that we've come across, we've done some research, we've dug around and looked at different people and their journey and why they stopped being vegan, especially when they have influence and all of that sort of stuff and their background, their story and all of that. But you talk about this passion where I think one of the reasons is because they don't have a strong enough passion or why for them being vegan. So they could have been influenced by somebody else Mm. in their life or by a celebrity or someone that they met once that they look up to. They don't have like, they idolize them and what they're doing, but they don't have that innate inner fire and passion and why to continue to persevere through the hard times or if something happens try and fix it you know if it is with their health or going out and finding vegan food or you know there's some sort of hurdle that makes them in a way tests their commitment to the lifestyle sure so that's those things if you don't have a strong enough why you can easily fall off after a certain amount of time Mm. because you're not really almost well you Doing it, look, any progress is something, but in a way you're not doing it for the right reasons because you you don't really know where you stand in the whole thing. So it's the deep enough why. Hmm. Yeah. So it's like the difference, for example, somebody going into the movement because maybe someone famous has become plant-based or something like that. And it the, the perception is that, I don't know, Beyonce or Miley Cyrus or something like that has got some results and it seems pretty cool. So I'm going to try this lifestyle. But the why might not be deep enough to maintain and sustain Mm. and push past those barriers for longevity. 
perhaps. Well, because is, is that at what that you mean? point, it's kind of like it's about you and you idolizing somebody else and trying to be more like them. Sure. When, let's be honest, veganism isn't about us. Mm. It's about the animals. Mm. It's about the environment. It's It can be for health, but that's kind of, in many situations, it can be a byproduct. Sure. So, in that sense, I think that we got to stop making it seem like it is about us as individuals when it's really about the cause, about saving lives. Yes. So, So when we did a deep dive into some of... uh, Okay, if anyone wants wants to do this exercise, it's uh, you'll find plenty of results. But just type in why I'm no longer vegan into Google and you'll get a whole bunch of videos and articles. And, and that will be very telling in terms of understanding some of these reasons. So you talk about this. Um, yeah, it's not necessarily about the individuals, about the greater cause. Mm. So when we were reviewing a lot of these stories, you'd see that pattern quite a lot of this guilt. There, there's a level of self-awareness of the impact of being vegan versus not being vegan. Because at some point there was that passion. Mm. Um, there's an acknowledgement of that. So, but back to your point about it being about beyond themselves and their health is really interesting because then there seems to be a pattern here because there's a a huge pattern around health Mm. as being the core reason. And finally putting themselves first Mm. is the realization, looking at all of these different articles and videos and clips and things, right? So, I mean, let's break that down a little bit. Like in terms of the health decline, um, going on a plant-based diet. I mean, I know you did a bit of digging around as well. Was there any common things that you saw as to why? Because I think if somebody's listening to this and, and maybe they're in this boat right now, maybe they've been vegan in the past and then they stopped because, you know, they felt they can improve their health, mm. you know, not being on a vegan diet or dabbled into veganism, but it w- wasn't really talking to their body. So, like, you know, what were some of the patterns that we were seeing? Well, a lot of people that become vegan for health reasons end up going on quite a strict diet and in many ways it's either unsustainable or unhealthy for long periods from my understanding so things like doing the high carb low fat diet 80 10 10 all different fastings and all of the things so that 80 10 10 just to clarify for people if you haven't heard of that before it's a diet that's primarily based on um, like mono meals. Mono meals. So a mono meal would be like to eat a uh, thousand calories of bananas, like ten bananas a day, and that's like one meal, right? So it's a high fruit based type of diet. Like you, you, you also hear a term of a fruitarian, but it's um so it's eighty percent carbs, ten percent fat, ten percent protein. Correct, um, and it's all, all raw foods, isn't it? Yes. You should. You would yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's all raw foods as well. So yeah, that's that's an example of uh, one of these diets that Marsh is talking about. Mm. So yeah, then one particular video that I'm thinking about, which we'll link to in the show notes, she analyzes about 23 different vegans or ex-vegans. They're all like YouTubers and stuff, right? Yeah. Yep. So they um, stopped being vegan, most of them for health reasons because they had problems with digestion, they had problems with bloating, problems with fatigue, 
fog brain, all of these things, which seemed to be pretty much a theme for probably about 80% of them. Mm-hmm. And But most of them were on the high-carb, low-fat diet at some point. Sure. Or the 80-10-10 or completely raw and then they did different things, experimented. But when you look at it from the outsider's point of view, the one thing that they all have in common is that they did very extreme things and that I think can be damaging to their system and also isn't sustainable. So I think if more of them chose to do a overall whole food plant-based diet and had a balance rather than obsessing over different things, they probably could have gotten better results. And some of them had pre-existing things like health issues before they went onto the vegan diet. So for them to stop for that reason, I just, you know, just didn't seem like the right thing. But they also had a lot of influence over people and this is the problem with following, you know, influencers online because they may not always be truthful about what they're saying. Sure. Um, but, you know, they might be advertising that they're vegan and do all these things, but they might actually not be for like a year. But then they don't have the courage to say that they're no longer vegan. Well, yeah, vegan. Because, because a lot of the times um, it's hard. I mean, we've published a book called The Minimalist Vegan, right? So, you know, there might be products, retreats, uh, programs. There might be, you know, a whole brand built on a foundation of veganism. Mm. And then the moment that your lifestyle changes, it's it, it can impact their livelihood and their yeah. influence. So yeah. then that's when you can, you start, some weird things start to happen <laughs> um, I think as well. the problem is that a lot, of those people actually were saying that they were really healthy. Right. But then at the end of it, they had to stop because they've been having health issues for years. So you kind of go, well, so this whole time you've been talking about what I eat in a day, I feel amazing, I feel great, I have all this energy, I can, you know, I look like a supermodel and all of these things. Sure. When really they come out the other end after a few years and say, actually, I need to stop eating vegan diet because my health has been deteriorating this whole time. So it's just this deceitful, you know, like I think well, it I does a lot more damage. Well, I, I'm, a, I'm a product of that, right? Like, I mean, I wrote a post on this. Um, what's it called? The challenges of being an overweight vegan, mm. you know, which we'll link to the show notes as well. But I think... I'd be lying to myself if I didn't think when I started a vegan journey, yes, it was absolutely for the animals. But, you know, I thought a couple months in, you know, I was experiencing, you know, clear nails and really clear eyes and better sleep and all this stuff. And yes, there were some benefits, but because it's, you know, it there's so much being promoted about the vegan movement to have all these changes and, but it's like and transformations. But it's like veganism fixes everything. And yes. this is what, yeah. this is the really damaging thing where there's documentaries and things online where people say, just become vegan and it'll, it's it'll, the answer. it'll cure your cancer. Like it'll yeah. cure everything. Yeah. So that's where I find it as a big problem because it's like, well, no, it's and everyone is different. It might be a cure for one person. I'm not saying that <laughs> cures cancer sure. for people, but it can help with a lot of problems. 
for someone, but not for everyone. Yeah. And also depends what you're eating. Like veganism, again, you can be a complete junk food person by being on a vegan diet. They're making it easier and easier and easier as every month goes by. Supermarkets are stocking more ice creams, more lollies, more treats, more (laughs) burgers, more, you know, pizzas, like takeaways becoming easier, McDonald's, Hungry Jack's, like everyone's got something vegan now to offer, which is great. But at the same time, not so great. So there's pros and cons to every situation. I won't yes. go down that rabbit hole. But the way that veganism is painted to people that aren't vegan, that are looking into it for health benefits, they may seem like it's a cure for all. Yeah. And that they will magically, everything, all of their pains will disappear. And if it doesn't meet those expectations quickly, that's probably when we see a big drop off rate in the vegan movement. But yeah. but look, in defense of some of these influencers, I think they have tried some things. And look, let's yeah. come back to this part yeah. uh, when we talk about um, some tips on how to stay vegan. Um, but look, that health is definitely a recurring reason that came up when mm. we we're looking into this. The other thing is... Uh, that lead that's kind of related to health is this cravings thing. Mm. We kept hearing cravings, cravings, cravings. I just craved eggs. I just craved salmon. I just craved butter. I just craved some, um, some cream, cream, <laughs> cream. Somebody said, oh, I just needed some, some whipped cream and it solved all his health problems <laughs> overnight. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, there seems to be this strong cravings towards animal products as well. Which is interesting to me. Like, I don't know. I'm going to ask you point blank now. Mm. Have you ever considered quitting veganism? No. No point? No. In the last five years? No? Not to the point where I'd actually like... No. Okay. I mean, I've thought about it, but then as soon as I started thinking about the food, Mm. it was like never going to happen. Right. Have you had any of these cravings? No. Look, I've looked at cheese on pizza and been like, that looks amazing. Yeah. But I wouldn't eat it. It wasn't like a... like a. It's interesting because like for me, when I talk about cravings, I crave vegan junk food. <laughs> it's never like... Um, Non-vegan. Yeah, stuff. it's not never like I crave a beef burger. Yeah. I crave no. a vegan burger. I think I'd actually vomit if I ate meat. Yeah. I, ca- I can't even eat the... Or like a burger that has a patty that resembles meat. Like I can't eat those types of food. Even mock meats, I can't do it. Yeah. Like I always just give it to you if it's accidentally in my food because yeah. just it messes with me. But I don't even enjoy it. Like it sure. makes me want to vomit. So, so do you don't crave eggs? Like we used to eat so much tuna. Like so much tuna. Do you crave tuna? Like nothing. Tuna, I don't crave it, but it's like... It would taste nice, but I'd, there's no way I'd eat it. Yeah. Meat? Because a no. vegan tuna on the market is terrible. The one that, It is just... That it is actually tried. disgraceful. Yeah. Um. So, okay, cool. So, but yeah, it seems to be I that there's... at one point I was craving yogurt because I loved yogurt. Like proper Greek, like the th- super thick yogurt. Right. Sweet yogurt. That was the only thing. But again, it wouldn't be to the point where I'd be like, hmm, let me consider eating it. Sure. I was just being like, let me try and find a vegan version of sure, this. Sure, sure. <laughs> okay. But I, I don't know. It was just really like, um, uh, at least in my experience, like I was a heavy consumer of animal products. Yeah. Like hardcore consumer. And then 
it for it to change so quickly and actually uh, my experience because of the ethical reasons for animals is like I just link I just well, link you've got the strong enough why and you can but the visuals are just there the, like the yeah. visuals are literally there like yeah. if I see an animal product I think of the animal straight away yeah like it's, I see it next to that animal product yeah it just magically appears like a hologram so <laughs> it doesn't like you know when I smell eggs being cooked in a house like it, it kind of makes me feel a feel bit sick. queasy and yeah. stuff so um I, I just find that interesting it, you know and i talk to a lot of vegans who have been vegan for a long time 15 20 years and it's like it seems to be a pattern of that deep connection yeah where there is no consideration of a craving mm. and a craving is normally within the plant-based Mm-mm. selection of meal well, i shouldn't even say plant-based it's junk food process selection yeah. it's like i crave a vego bar or something yeah. or vegan ice cream oh my god um okay people yeah. if you've never <laughs> tried a vego bar and i hope that wherever you live you have access to it because we're in australia obviously you can probably tell by our accents we have access to vego bar and vego spread vego spread and their white chocolate oh, the white version really and they just come out Gee. with the berry and should bring them on as a sponsor <laughs> or something <laughs> gladly talk but about they're them. an italian brand so yeah. i would imagine some european countries would have it i don't know about the u.s market surely but they'd be silly not it's to amazing Anyways, it's like, think about Nutella, but better. Yeah. And this is in like a block chocolate and then like a spread. And then I stopped eating white chocolate years ago because I overdid it when I was little. And when you overdo something, you just, you can't look at it. And it's too sweet, but this chocolate is amazing. It is. So, and you don't need much to satisfy you as well. But, so, but we take care of it. And it's organic too. I mean, not to say that because it's organic, it's healthy. It's definitely yeah. not. It's chocolate. Yeah. But it's delicious. Yeah. It is. So. And. Just putting it out we've there. We've talked if you ever about see that it multiple the times about the podcast. <laughs> have we? <laughs> yeah, we have. Oh. Yeah. And the vegan trade-off episode. Okay. We're talking about how the Vedra spread is actually better oh, than the teller. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, do yourself a favor and <laughs> crave that instead of actual Nutella. Um, so, and and the other reason, so there's cravings, there's health, and um, another one that it's more from people that we know personally um, is family. Is another yeah. reason for stopping your vegan journey, and this is pretty understandable if you think about it. Like, we are—it's not easy. We're in it would not such be a easy. fortunate situation. Yeah where we have each other in this journey and with that it's like you, you've got a partner in crime so it's and it's we've also got super understanding friends and family absolutely. so like that they'll accommodate us regardless yeah so imagine if you were single and you just started dating i'm, I'm curious actually i can't imagine would you it's been a long time since know, i've been single but if you're on the market <laughs> and you want to put me on the market is that what's happening no, no, I'm, just, I'm just curious <laughs> like would you date a guy no who wasn't vegan no well you wouldn't even take a date no but there's not very many vegan dudes out yeah, there no no i couldn't so do what it. would you do because it's like no vegan <laughs> move to a vegan island <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't no deal no i couldn't i know that i have friends that why? have why non-vegan that? partners why is that because at my like we, it just it's a lifestyle it just doesn't align and that's a big part of my life i couldn't do it like if you weren't vegan be a bit of a problem 
<laughs> so I'm sorry. What, that's it just of, the way that I am. So it's just because of the day to day. Yeah. Because it's like three meals a day. It's like I'd honestly built up so much resentment towards you that it would be unbearable. Gee. Okay. Like. I thought our love went beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> I love animals more. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. There it is. <laughs> um, so, but I think that's, I mean, because we can't comment on this. Like we've been together for a while and we went vegan together. So I understand that our situation is not relatable to would so you? many people. Would you? Um. No, it I depends think, how good looking she no, was. No, no, no. I'll definitely the vegan thing would be a big deal. But at the same time, I don't know. I sort of feel Look, like I think I, don't know, okay, I feel like I could. Potential. I feel like I could convince yeah, somebody. See, this is the thing. But if I think it's harder potential. to convince a guy than it is a girl. Oh, it depends on the guy, and I feel like I'd probably attract the like, type. So, or like someone that's op- more open minded because. If we don't have veganism or that aligns, it would have to be a lot of other things, which yeah. isn't left with much. Yeah. On a, you know, just a day-to-day basis in that sense. But our other values would have to align. Yeah. Which means that he would already be more on that road anyways. Yeah. So, with my influence and my persuasiveness. <laughs> yeah, because we're both like salespeople. That's probably why. No, okay, different question then. Different question that's probably more relevant. Do you think you could no, convince, convince someone no, to no, no. vegan? What if you were in a long-term relationship and then you decided to become vegan? Now what? Why are you giving me these unrealistic no, scenarios? No, no, no. Know. But I'm saying this because we're talking about it's why hard. people stop being vegan. Yeah, this is the I reality, know, right? I so know. if you're I think like, it would be a problem. I think it would still be a problem because I'd feel uncomfortable the fact that they are not aligning with my so values. So if you're trying to go all in on vegan, right? And like you need a lot of commitment initially, yeah. in particular. I mean, and I'd like, still pursue with it, but but it would be so tempting to fold because you've lived a lifestyle together. Yeah. Where you've consumed animal products. You've yeah. built up memories mm. based on eating animal I mean, products. I we have too. I know. Yeah. But then you're going in a different direction. Mm. And then there must be some temptations. Like I imagine that's what's going on a lot of this time in, in terms of the, the daily challenges to stay vegan. See, I would, not that I'd be disgusted, but I, I just, I wouldn't, like, and then like if they eat a burger or some chicken and then want to kiss me after like i'm not i couldn't do it okay all right but that okay so that but that's a real challenge so there's it that is a real and then challenge. we've also got parents but see this is me yeah sure and i'm not saying that everyone needs to be as black and white about it as i am because i know that that's i know it's judgmental of me and i know that it's probably not the right way to do it or to think this way but that's just the way that i am sure I'm in or I'm out. Like I kind of have no middle ground there. Mm. Um, Maybe vegetarian. That could be a compromise, but definitely not consuming animals. Okay. Like that would probably be as far as I would go. Mm -hmm. Not pescatarian, vegetarian. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not get anything mixed up here. (laughs) Um, So that's probably would be my compromise. Right. I could probably date a vegetarian okay. or be with a vegetarian. Yeah, but that, you'll just do that because if they're vegetarian, they're like around the corner from being vegan. Not necessarily. <laughs> Cheese is very addictive. True. 
So, and probably because I see like my family, my parents are vegetarians. So I think that that kind of maybe in the back of my head, because I accept them for that, maybe I'd accept my partner as well. Sure. Easier. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just trying to to think it out aloud. Hard to even think about. That would probably be how it would be. But at the same time, like we've heard from a lot of people that are struggling because their families and they're the ones that cook. Mm. And they're the ones that cook. So it would be a bit of a struggle to, um, and then they just give in. Mm. So As you would, right? And that's very understandable. And honestly, I'm sorry to hear that you're in that situation because I don't, I don't know what I would do. I would not cook meat. If they wanted meat extra, they would have, for me, they'd have to cook it themselves. We'll, we'll circle back to this as well. Um, in, in what we'll, oh, well, let's talk about it now because I think um, one of our friends, Bridget, um, did a guest post for us. Yeah. And, and so we're talking about more, this isn't a, like your spouse or partner, but um, I, I think a more, an even more challenging situation, which is what you just talked about, is um, let's say, uh, not to paint stereotypes, but Bridget, in her example, is uh, the one that does a lot of the cooking in the household. She went on a vegan journey um, the family, two younger children, I believe, and husband weren't necessarily vegan. I think they might be vegan now, but just that whole dynamic of having like a family yeah. and then there might be one person or two people or a portion of the people that are vegan and a portion that are not. And mm. then like managing that dynamic as well. Yeah. And then particularly if somebody prepares all the meals or you're trying to become vegan and you don't know how to cook. Yeah. Like there's so many factors that yeah. can make it hard under the same roof. Yeah. Um, and being really close to a family. So that presents its own challenges for that sustained commitment mm. over a long and term. Look, and, you know, like now I keep thinking about what I've said and I might come across as judgmental, but <laughs> I've said this. Don't worry about that. Don't, no filters here. <laughs> no, I think it's just also important to note that, as I said before, everyone is different. Sure. And they might be in a situation and look – it's about accepting people the way that they are. I just know that I would personally struggle to be with someone that didn't align with yeah, those Yeah, because you're values. like, but you're super passionate. Like I'm super, I'm really passionate as well. Well, you might be super passionate, but you might be head over heels in love with someone that, and have kids with them. So it's like, sure. it's hard to put yourself in that situation because I'm not in that situation. But then we know people who are in that situation, but still maintain their vegan lifestyle. Yeah. So, so that's amazing for them. So that and is I take possible. my hat off to them. Yeah. But I just I don't I don't know what I would do if I was in that situation. But well, if I was like if you know how you asked me if I was to date, if it was something from scratch, yeah. Or if it was, you know, something that didn't especially not having kids involved, if I could make that call, I'd rather not even go there because I know that I would find it difficult. Yes. So I would seek out people that align with my values before sure. I sort of semi-even meet them. So that's probably our first tip, right, is when you're starting the vegan journey or you're struggling in your vegan journey is to find the right support system. And it might not be your immediate family. Yeah. Um, but you can seek out communities, whether it's online or in person, to, you know, who are maybe in the same situation as you. I'd find that really comforting. Like, let's say that I'm a father in a family that I want to go vegan. Nobody else in my family wants to go vegan, but I still love my family, of course. Yeah. I'd be seeking out people in my situation to maybe talk to and see how they're dealing yeah, with it. Because yeah. it might feel really um, 
isolating yeah. to sort of go on that journey by yourself. And mm. I don't know how long I'd last in that type and of situation. And because you could build up resentment and, you know, all of these things yeah. and feel like no one, there's no one out there that you can relate to yes. or in your immediate family. So that can end up building issues later on. Again, it depends on your personality. You might be really easygoing and like, it doesn't matter. I'm doing this for myself and for the animals. So, but from a lot of people that we've met and that we've spoken to or have come across, there is that period of becoming vegan and being angry about it and hating the world. Yeah. So there is that period. So delicate if... So it's really difficult to manage that that, um, phase in your life if you don't have the right support system. Yes. Um, Or people that... You know, rather than mocking you about being vegan or just just eating plants, actually helping you through that journey and respecting what you're doing. Which is like, you know, that's some really, you know, tough conversations and a lot of empathy needs to be deployed in those conversations, I would imagine. Because I, I can mm. just imagine you and I. Could you imagine if we are on different sides of that spectrum? There'll be some clashes, right? So I think to sit down and actually have that conversation about, hey, I really want to do this, but I don't, at the same time, I love you. I don't want to impact your life and and what you need to do, but this is something I want to do rather than you need to do it as well. It's like, that's going to be a hard thing to do when you've just become vegan. You're like, hey, human beings suck. And you just want to like, like, what are you, what's everybody doing? So um, I, I think, yeah, just maintaining that love when you're transitioning is going to be key yeah otherwise that's not going to last long yeah it's tricky and it and it can be quite a depressing journey if you don't have the right people to talk to yeah um and even like we we know someone that you know she was saying how she just doesn't understand how people now that she's vegan can't see certain things and so when she's interacting with her family it's a very different experience and her her toddler is is vegan as well right and just like constantly getting comments and or like having to keep an eye that someone doesn't give her something that she doesn't approve of it can be quite an isolating and stressful thing yeah you know and that can emotionally wear you down yeah like waking up daily and having those type of interactions Mm. can kind of break you. Mm. So, um, yes. So support, 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 seek it wherever you can. There's, there's bound to be somebody else in your situation that you can connect with. At least online. And the great thing, yeah, about veganism being on the rise is that there is more people that you can connect with. Yes. So, yeah. For sure. The other thing about the, the health stuff, because, well, you know, obviously, well, you've studied health coaching, but, that's not really the angle of our content is about health advice or anything like it. But And I'm not prepared to give people health <laughs> advice. <laughs> but I think something we talked about off air, even for better improving our lives, is... Uh, and we've seen this story a lot. So when you go watch all these stories of why I'm no longer vegan for health reasons, and there's a lot of claims to say that they've been through um, a lot of transitions and a lot of different diets have tested and the practitioners they've seen and things like that. Um, I think one thing is for any change to get results, right? Whether we know this true to be finances, right? Like if you don't track your finances, then you you don't even know how to get out of 
bet or save or do anything like that. We're doing this now for time tracking. So we want to be more productive of how we work together. So we're like, how much are we working? How much do we need to be working? Okay, let's track it. So and like I what's think what's the actual yeah, here? what's the facts here? Yeah. Um, and I think it's the same for health. And there's a lot of great data that we could be collecting on our own bodies because everybody's journey is very unique. Mm. And I think one thing that if we're all honest with ourselves and I'll challenge everybody who has explored every option, even with veganism, or even if you're not vegan and you just want to improve your health, tracking what you eat over a long period of time through, you know. Not obsessively. And if you haven't, you know, a past with being a little bit obsessive about sure. foods and things like that. That can be unhealthy, not yeah. recommended, but, but for everybody else. But yeah, to actually sit down and use, you know, an app like Chronometer or MyFitnessPal and actually like record <laughs> all of your meals sucks. But on the other hand, if you did that over a period of time, a couple of weeks, a month, you will have some of the most useful data yeah. on what your body is consuming, like what you're putting into your body, what Mm. you need and where your deficiencies Mm. are. Mm. Uh, It's just, I'd be curious to see if anybody who has got deficiencies and has seen some health loss decrease in veganism to actually put in that commitment because it really does suck. Like, you know, we had a falafel salad today. Like the fact that we'd have to look at all the raw ingredients, then look at the portion sizes that we had, put that all into this little system mm. to spit out a result that would probably take 30 45 minutes just to record that yeah like i'm not gonna do that but you're not but i want to <laughs> the thing is i actually want to yeah but but you know what i mean like that's and a hard also work when you're, but the thing is also when you're doing it you become more conscious exactly. because you are recording it so if you think oh well i have no good fats in this meal like even just looking at that looking at your charts and going oh you know, my fats are non-existent. Yeah. Or like... I don't have enough protein today. There's particular nutrients or vitamins or minerals that you're lacking in the food. Just Google what's high in that particular or what has a decent amount of that particular nutrient in it and just add a bit more of that into your food. Or change the way you shop for ingredients. And then think about how you put meals together to make it more balanced so that you do every day at, have at least one or two meals that have a really good balance of all of the things that your body needs. So I think we can all agree that's common sense, right? Yeah. That's practical. But the implementation and the execution of that it's is a pain hard. In the butt. It's a pain. But I think what's at stake here? You know what I mean? What's it? Whoa. Uh, yeah. What's at stake? <laughs> is that, that an animal pun? No. Um, so animals, right? So an- animals are at stake here. Uh, them essentially dying for our consumption. Or suffering. Or suffering for our consumptions at stake here, right? So. And the, you the, being of better health as well. You being of better health, which is why we want to do it, right? Yeah. It's a huge commitment, but it's invaluable. It's invaluable to Mm. yourself, which Mm. I understand, like, we're not telling people to compromise their health as a result of being vegan. That's stupid. But how how far can you push your commitment? How deep is your why to do that work of the tracking your nutrients over a long period of time to see what your body needs? Mm. On top of that, your blood test results. It's like creating, like, your own file, your health file, right? 
So we're, do- we're talking about things that are actionable that are in your control, right? Of course, they're seeking medical support, but then it's like, can you seek medical support from qualified professionals who really know what they're talking about that also are aligned with your values? Mm. Um, Rather than them saying, oh, but you should be eating eggs or you should be eating fish or chicken or absolutely. You know, having some some milk every day for your calcium yeah so if you've if you're seeking advice from practitioners who all they know is to consume an omnivore diet Mm. you know a combination of um, fruit and veg and meat uh, animal products um it's going to be very different from a practitioner who is specializes in plant-based it doesn't have to be in person there's plenty of people that can do it over skype online you know so but just make sure that you get someone not a dodgy person that's pretending to be something read testimonials get reviews do all of that do your research but even just to help if you have current issues with like your digestion or with fatigue or all of that sort of stuff to get an idea of like okay so what might you need to sub like okay first get your blood test done yeah then go and see someone and then also track on top of that what you're eating i think there'd be the three pieces of advice in terms of health yeah that you can actually start to see results yeah in a positive way where you're not restricting yourself with too many things. Yes. Because as soon as you start restricting yourself and doing these high carb, low fat or just mono mealing and doing all that sort of stuff, that's not sustainable. Yeah. And if you're eating 20 bananas in one day, there's only a certain amount of nutrients that you're getting and you're over, like you're overdoing it. You don't, your body doesn't need. Yeah. And it's bloody boring. Like yeah. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I I love check food out too check much. out the YouTube video actually. If it's an hour and a half, it's a long clip. But this girl nerds out. Like she goes, deep, I think she says deep dive in the title. Like she yeah. goes all in and analyzes all of these diets of these influencers, and she puts their diets the best that she can into chronometer, and to see like the surplus in nutrients in some of these meals and things like that. And it it all just comes back to knowing your own. And then completely depleted in others, you know, like, so they might be really high in calcium or vitamin C, but they might have absolutely no omegas in their food Yes, um, or zinc or whatever it is. So it's just making sure that it's balanced because if you do that for a couple of years, of course, things are going to be out of whack. Hormones are going to, you know, like, it's just, it's not going to work. A lot of these women as well, their period stopped. And they still weren't questioning the diet and what they were doing. Mm. Or they had really bad cystic acne. And it's like, okay, well, something's not right there with your hormones. Mm. So I think it's important to address things as they're happening. Um, you know what? I think it's actually important to address things before. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? But so like if, if we're talking you don't about have any symptoms or anything. Sure. But, but if like if you, yeah. If but even if you don't have any symptoms and even if you're not vegan, it's like I think this is this exercise has taught me that like let's just get to know our bodies better. And I think if you're particularly if you're vegan, it's, um, you know, and you really want to commit to this as long as you can. Mm. It's I think it's going it, to there's no downside from committing to you paying attention paying attention because we might sounds painful though but yeah (laughs) for for instance we michael and i might be doing the perfectly balanced diet we might get a beautiful range of vitamins minerals nutrients whatever in a day 
but I might still feel super tired from that diet mm. and Michael might feel amazing. Mm. So again, it depends on the individual. I might need more fat or protein to feel full. Michael might need more carbs to feel full. Mm. So again, it's about listening to your body, writing all of these things down, not just what you're consuming in yeah. terms of what nutrients you're getting, but also how it's making you feel. Yeah, which is which also involves the work of reflection and, you know, awareness. Yeah. Which is yeah, it, it's a it's a pain, but I think that's that's where it needs to get to. Yeah. Um I just wanted to wrap this up by just saying that again, it's you've got to do what's best for your health. And maybe there's some rare situations where vegan diet's not going to be a hundred percent perfect for every 7.6 billion people uh, on this planet you might have some rare disease or your blood type is very like it could be there's all these things we acknowledge that we acknowledge that at the same time we acknowledge that uh eating animal products is not 100 percent perfect for everybody as well right so it i think one thing that doesn't come up and why would it but you know when we see people who are moving away from veganism it's not going to, they're never going to really, who would ever admit that it's because they lost their willpower? Mm. They just didn't have anything left in them to commit to it. So. Well, some people say like, oh, look, I, I tried everything to be able to stay on the vegan diet, um, but I just can't anymore. Like I ate one egg and I feel like a completely different person. So I think that there are people that are admitting it in that sense. They're admitting it in that sense. But I think there's also like, you know, when we talk about cravings and things like that, that I'm sure there's a lot of people just like, I just don't want to do it anymore. Mm. So, um, But you mean like they'll just never say that they just well, don't want to do it anymore? It will be communicated through, oh, it's my health, it's this and that. But actually what happened is it's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, not for everyone, but yeah. for some people I went it out, be the case. I went out, I had a big night and I had McDonald's yeah. and then I couldn't recover. Yeah. Who's going to actually say that? Yeah. So, but that's happening. Someone might. But that's happening. Yeah. So, so let's, I think this is just a call out to everybody just to be really honest with themselves, right? It's, it's just honesty is always the best way to be, particularly if you have influence and you just, it's not working um, because sometimes communicating this detriment to health and all of this stuff is such a dynamic and gray area um, it can have quite a huge impact on mm. other people's lives as well. Mm. So um, that's the only thing, right, is just making sure that if you say you've done everything that you possibly can, that you have done everything that you possibly can. Mm. That's all. Mm. There's some integrity. And not hide, like not pretending, you know, saying the vegan diet is the best thing that's ever happened to me when it's really not. Yeah, like the be, hype thing as well. Be honest. Yeah. If yep. it's not, don't just don't. It yeah. does so much more damage it doesn't in have the to be. long run to yeah. people that believed you and trusted you and looked up to you than if you were just honest with, with yourself and them and said, look, it didn't work for me, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to work for you. Yes. So because people are getting caught out eating fish or eating certain things and then they face up. Yeah. But in those situations, unfortunately, it could be for financial reasons. Yeah. So, but that's very small handful of people, but those small handful of people have a lot of influence in the world Yeah, in the vegan movement. And we can also understand the pressure, the pressure for some of these influences. Oh, totally. Like it's, yeah. wow, I, yeah. I can only imagine. So, yeah, anyway, that's that's it. I think, do you have anything else to add? 
And I think at the end of the day, just be honest with yourself and and try and make it work if if I mean just do it for the right reasons mm. and if and if you're someone that's listening to this and that feels like you're in limbo land just give yourself permission to go out and do a little bit more research look up more about the ethical side of it the environmental the whatever to give yourself a stronger why to motivate you yeah to try a bit harder if if you feel like it might not be working for whatever reason. Absolutely. Sounds and look, good. be honest with yourself. If it's not working, start asking questions why it's not working. Mm. Maybe you need some support in areas that you wouldn't have thought about. Mm. Anyways, I'll end it there. Sure. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys. We'll catch up with you next week. Chat soon. Bye. Bye. So there it is, episode 32 of the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that one. We had a lot of fun talking about the, you know, people going in and out of veganism, the on and off relationship with veganism, if you like. And look, I did forget to mention another key tip is about cooking because a huge barrier to being able to, you know, track your medical condition and your macronutrients and everything is going to come down to how well you can prepare your meals. So obviously that's going to be a really key skill to help you in the longevity of the vegan movement as well. Sure, you can get by eating out, but if you want the optimum health and results, um, that's going to be very critical. So uh, we had an episode a couple of weeks back talking all about vegan cooking and, and how it should be a desirable skill to be able to confidently cook in the kitchen for anybody regardless of what they're eating so uh, make sure you check out that episode if you haven't already i'll link to it in the show notes and talking about show notes you can find all of the links and resources that we mentioned in this episode over at the minimalistvegan.com forward slash zero three two that's the minimalistvegan.com forward slash zero three two okay i'm going to leave it at that for now Thank you, thank you, thank you, as always, for tuning in. Your attention uh, is amazing and we don't take it for granted. If you haven't already, we'd love your support to leave a rating or review on iTunes. Um, It will help people find the show. Anyway, here's to living with less stuff and more compassion. Till next week, peace.